if you look at many of the workforce right now this workforce is digital native they're born digital whoever joined the workforce in the last four five years so they can easily understand technology they can easily understand these tools to solve their problems themselves Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Our guest today is Dinesh Varadarajan, Chief Product Officer at Kissflow, providers of a unified low-code and no-code platform. In today's episode, Dinesh and I will be talking about the newly emergent concept of the citizen developer and how no-code and low-code tools can enable them to create great digital experiences, as well as help businesses during times of crisis and uncertainty. Welcome, Dinesh. It's great having you on the show today. Want to add anything before we begin with the questions? Thanks, Tim, for having me here. As said, uh, low-code, no-code is emerging in the last two, three years. Everyone is talking about no-code, low-code. And pretty much if you look at any product, every product is actually transforming into a local no product, right? Mm-hmm. So excited to have a conversation around what no code local means for citizen development and uh, how this category is going to help uh, people in the looming recession as well. Yeah, I, I think people are already getting familiar with the terms low code and no code and some of them are realizing that they've been using them to some extent for quite a long time actually but i think that the newer concept the newer term here is the citizen developers so my first question for you today is what is a citizen developer that's a good question if you look at citizen developer maybe a new term but the concept is not new if you look at uh like three decades or four decades back, any business user who is curious enough to understand technology, they always had some tools which they can use to solve their problems, right? I started way back with Lotus Notes, with uh, spreadsheets, macros, and all that. And citizen development platforms right now are probably the most sophisticated and highly abstracted versions of the underlying platform the engineers normally use, right? So uh, the citizen, the business users, the segment of business users who are curious about technology, they have the whole power of the underlying platforms, which are abstracted to the extent they can use that to develop applications with that relying on IT, right? So we call this category citizen development. And uh, if you look at the last two, three years, uh, these platforms are emerging and there are a huge category of citizen developers who are actually developing this application. This also because of the generation, right? If you look at many of the workforce right now, this workforce is digital native. They're born digital, uh, whoever joined the workforce in the last four or five years, right? So they can easily understand technology. They can easily understand these tools to solve their problems themselves, right? So uh, that's what is happening. That is what is leading to this emergence of citizen development as well. And what about the biggest challenges or the biggest obstacles that citizen developers face? What are those and how can no-code and low-code platforms help in this context? The biggest challenge always with citizen development is shadow IT, right? Because uh, IT normally owns all the products. Uh, They manage all the platforms. When, if you ask the business users to solve the problems themselves, they may not understand the security, privacy challenges in developing these applications. So most of the time they create something very small, roll it out inside the team, 
and then they roll out like tens and tw- like uh, hundreds of these processes inside an organization and many of the times it will not have any knowledge about all these systems right so this, the biggest challenge is choosing a platform that is extremely simple for the users to use and develop application meanwhile it should also take care of the security and privacy concerns of the it organizations as well so that balance need to be there in any platform they choose for the design development i think this is one of the biggest problems with these platforms right you either get there's a period of time where it's very oriented towards the business user at the expense of things like privacy and security and the streamlined developer experience and then as a as a response to that you get platforms and tools and and software that's very much oriented to the developers but it's hard for marketers and business users to work with and as you just right now pointed out dinesh i guess finding this balance is what what finding the best tool in this sphere is all about absolutely yes and how do you see the role of the citizen developer in the current as well as the future business landscape if you look at any organization it always take care of the core systems the systems that run the organization and if you look at the software landscape in any any big enterprise the core system is probably like 5 to 10% of all the applications they use but they're extremely critical for the business and uh, if you look at beyond the core system is what we call as satellite applications mm-hmm. for example you have these enterprise products like erp and crm and if you want to make any changes to these applications is extremely difficult because you need the specialist to come in who understand the erp and crm who can actually implement those use cases in the core systems right and again if you look at satellite application it to contribute to another 20% of all the applications that are used but if you look beyond that close to 70% of the use cases are what we call as long tail applications these applications are not critical for the it because these are like very very small applications but are super critical for the business to run their teams and uh, traditionally it organizations are always small compared to the size of the business mm-hmm. right with the available bandwidth they'll be able to cater only to the core systems run managing the core systems and improving the core systems they won't be able to cater to all the long tail use cases so that's where the citizen development comes in that's where the landscape is changing as well if you look at the digital transformation as a whole if you just change the core system if you just take care of the satellite application you won't be able to transform the whole business because the 70% of the applications are still manual or they're using like so many different tools to manage all these applications and if you're not touching that then you are probably transforming only 15 to 20% of the software like landscape that you have in your organization unless you allow the business to take care of the 70% of the use cases you won't be able to reach the vision of what you have as digital transformation right that's where the citizen development comes in let it manage the core systems the systems that run these organizations and let business assist the it in automating or transforming all these simple use cases that are needed to run their business mm-hmm. right and uh, without citizen developments these use cases are never implemented by it as i said limited bandwidth and uh, this normally goes into a huge backlog but they'll never touch it that's the transformation the citizen development can bring into digital transformation as well so 
one of the best ways they can collaborate with IT and with engineering is to kind of take care of these other aspects in order for the business to truly, truly transform and scale. That's right, yes. Are there any other things that should be top of mind if they want to streamline their collaboration with with engineering and and with IT? Because I, I feel like that might sometimes be a problem because of the clash that we spoke about earlier and the need to find this balance. What are some best practices for effectively working together here and bridging these gaps? Okay. So we did a platform. See, if you look at these categories of low-code products, there are products that cater to the IT teams. And there are products that are extremely simple. They cater to the business users. Right? Mm-hmm. As I said, unified platform Mm-hmm. where the IT and business can work together, right? Where IT will have complete control over what actually gets into uh, the enterprise, right? What is deployed in enterprise, while the business can quickly automate the use case, right? With very less dependency from IT, right? Z- literally zero dependency from IT. So this is where the governance comes into play. We mm-hmm. need a platform which IT can govern, right? They will take care of the security aspects, privacy aspects, how the data is flowing from all these different applications, how the, these applications are integrated to the IT ecosystem, because they might have already different products in the organization, right? So accidentally, a citizen developer can build an application which uh, gets the data from these applications and uh, set it outside as well, right? So we need a platform that has governance and gives complete control to IT, but extremely simple for business users to build their applications, right? And that is the need right now. If you look at many of the products, they either cater to the IT or the business, right? We need something that can cater to both these use cases, both, the, both these personas. This is very nicely leading into the second part of our discussion today, Dinesh. So about how no-code and low-code tools can help businesses, you know, both prepare for and kind of weather through the looming economic crisis that that's basically just around the corner and I'm guessing that, you know, these kinds of platforms that we just spoke about are kind of the future here also because of what we talked about. That's right. The, and the whole transformation started happening during the COVID times, right? Because mm-hmm. suddenly there is a need to automate everything. People are working remotely. Mm-hmm. They're not going to office. So uh, what was considered as a luxury, right? Automating all these smaller use cases suddenly became a necessity. And... Uh, even during looming recession, right? So they need to still find ways to optimize what they are doing every day. Everything is in short supply because we can't spend a lot of money in uh, like changing all the code systems, buying like very expensive products, uh, like huge consulting engagement. So the business still need to run. If they can find the ways to implement all these small use cases, which can optimize the way the business is run, they will be able to save huge money as well, right? So that is going to help them in saving over the recession. So it's really a lot of the value comes from making these small optimizations that on their own probably wouldn't have made much of a difference. But when put all together, you know, all of these tiny automations of different various processes and, you know, like both business processes and content creation processes, that probably is very important here. That's right. So normally quote this example, right? This is like uh, you are driving a very old car, like for 20 years, and suddenly you want to change it to a very modern car, right? And normally you change the engine because that gives the power to the car and you change the body of the car as well, 
Mm-hmm. And what they normally forget to change is the drivetrain. Mm-hmm. Even if we change the engine, the drivetrain gets the power from the engine and actually gets it to all the wheels as well. And if we don't change the drivetrain, which is invisible, then you won't be able to get the full benefit of changing the engine or having a fancy body. These long tail applications, all the invisible applications are the ones which actually run the organization, mm-hmm. run the business operations. And if you don't change that, you won't be able to optimize your business. You won't be able to actually complete uh, the vision of your digital transformation as well. Yeah, I think this is kind of one of the main qualities of the digital world. It's similar to like AI and stuff like that, you know, where where you have all of these experiences, either internal business experiences or outward facing customer experiences that are that rely on so many of these tiny invisible mechanisms and processes running that most of the people that interact with them don't even know about which ones they are, let alone, you know, all the plethora of them. That's true. Another concept that uh, we can maybe discuss a little bit uh, are customizable work platforms. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Normally, as I said, the work platform is the whole spectrum of what you do at work. As I said, it starts with core systems to long tail. Typically, there are two ways the companies try to solve it, right? One, they buy a ready-made product. Right, which allows uh, customization and they try to customize to fit their needs. Mm-hmm. And the other way to solve it is actually using a platform. There is a reason where, where you're choosing a platform. If you look at citizen development as a concept, it is not giving abstractions over what all the programming languages or the frameworks that you use because citizen developers don't understand technology artifacts. Mm-hmm. They don't understand what database means, what table means, what a schema is, what a data model is. So if you look at many of these products, right, if you actually buy a, a product, allow them to customize, then they need to understand the programming artifact, which is extremely difficult for them. That's the semantic gap we are talking about. So the platforms, the citizen development platforms, gives a very high level of abstraction where the users don't have to understand systemic artifacts. Yet the, these platforms talk their language, mm-hmm. right? So with very minimal learning curve, they will be able to use these platforms and then automate their work. That's what we call as the work platforms, right? Instead of buying a product, allowing them to customize, choose a platform which is designed for these business users or the citizen developers to build applications. And and so this is what customizable refers to, that, that business users are able to customize the work platform to their specific needs exactly. and their specific level of, of tech savviness, I guess. That's true. Another thing is, if you see, the, the biggest challenge in any enterprise is if the business gives a requirement to IT. IT will implement something and goes back to the business. Big business will never accept that because the IT won't be able to understand that all the requirements of the business and business won't be able to articulate 100% of the requirements as well because this is an iterative process. What this work platform, customizable work platform, allows the business to do is it business can implement a minimal version of what they are thinking and then continue to iterate on that. Mm-hmm. And if business owns, is this IT effect we normally talk about, right? If the business owns it, they immediately put it into production. They don't actually wait for a 100% complete application. 
because they are the ones who are championing it. They are the ones who are championing the adoption of the systems inside the team or a department. So they are okay with something that is working as long as they understand they can continue to iterate and then improve. Mm. Right. Okay. That what these work platforms allow them to do. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and that's definitely what will be the standard in the future if it's not already becoming that. Yes. Well, Dinesh, this has been a great discussion, and I just have one final question before we wrap up the call. And I, I'm wondering, what are your top tips for those companies who are looking to adopt and embrace more low-code and no-code development tools and processes? One mantra, governance. If you look at any organization, you have citizen developers, people who are curious, who want to do things themselves, right? So most of the time, because of challenges in governing these platforms, IT will never allow the business to implement solutions on their own. And uh, if you want to elevate their fear, choose a product that gives complete control to the IT while giving extreme flexibility for the business to build applications themselves. So that's one of the tips that uh, the IT need to remember because they do not losing control. Rather, they are giving getting people who can who are ready to work along with them in the digital transformation chain. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, that's what they need to realize, and then they need to choose the right product as well. Well, that's that's definitely the key thing to keep in mind here. Thank you so much, Dinesh, for joining us today. Anything you'd like to you'd like to say before we wrap it up? Besides your contact info for listeners who'd like to contact you, of course. Yeah, thanks again. It's a wonderful conversation. So I really enjoyed this as well. So if you want to explore further, you can always visit kissflow.com or you can write to me at dinesh at kissflow.com as well. Uh, thank you for having me here. It's wonderful talking to you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Dinesh. It's been great talking to you as well and a great day to you too. And to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.